Hello, cheekies! Welcome to Chatty Amigas, a podcast where two friends approach everyday problems and find practical solutions. We are your hosts, I'm Mafe. And I'm Mela. And in today's podcast, we will be spilling the tea on job hunting. Ooh, hoo, hoo. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so hard to find a good job that you actually like? If you cannot find the right job, what can you do? Others feel stuck in a dead-end job. Is this something you have to live with? How relatable is this topic, though? How relatable? Golly, way too relatable. (laughs) So stay tuned for the good tea today. Okay, so (laughs) we are going to discuss three reasons why finding a job is so hard and how to improve your chances because we have to kind of figure out what is happening why is it so hard why is it dumb out there why Uh is it that every job that we can interview with everyone's kind of weird or the pay is ridiculous or Uh you start and then you're like good god I regret instant regret so we need to see what's happening so the job is it you we gonna tell you well the articles we found We'll tell you. <laughs> well, honestly, if we're going to answer that one, it depends. <laughs> like every answer we give, is it this or is it you? It depends. <laughs> Very true. Um, be, so, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> company, <laughs> we're like laughing here. Uh, <laughs> For some <laughs> reason, attack that just comes <laughs> out of nowhere. We both <laughs> just had dinner. So I think our bellies are very full, very happy. So it's a very, we're rejoicing right now. Yeah. We're rejoicing we had enough money to eat today mm, which is something right. to celebrate you know yes every day. we had for enough sure. to eat today i'm grateful for food every day same same i was thinking more like people are gonna think that we're nervous gigglers like you know those people that laugh uncontrollably in nervous situations do you do that mm, no not not usually no i i, I tend to blush <laughs> usually usually no I, I, I don't think I am like I, I think I tend to just blush and and block like I'll start like uh, 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 like mumbling stuttering think, yeah stuttering I think that's my my take that I'm I'm nervous huh I don't laugh when I'm ner- well I don't know like okay for example there's some people that ner- that laugh nervously in really bad situations like funerals mm-hmm. did you know people did that yes and I've met a handful of people and I asked them like oh I, I I laugh when I'm really nervous and I asked them what do you do at funerals like it's really bad I just avoid going to them all together that's an answer I hear constantly yeah and it's like you know what fair yeah <laughs> because if go. you can control it it's gonna offend the family like oh you know yeah yes. but anyways <laughs> so why is it so far <laughs> so hard to find a job companies may hire internally so this is the thing um you're like, okay, there's these jobs, there's these companies, they're constantly hiring. Why is it that I cannot find like a moment or, or a person to um, interview with, with me? That's because it's already taken mm-hmm. by people that are in the company. So if a job is very good, no one's going to want to leave. That's just how it is. Yeah. And I feel that then you have people that like are supposed to retire and they're not retiring. Mm-hmm. And I know this was an issue like a, a few years ago. I, I imagine it still is because I've been noticing a lot of people like our, our, I'm, I'm a millennial, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think you're a millennial too. I am. And <laughs> our generation is so big. They're bigger than baby boomers. Mm-hmm. They were huge. So we want all of them to retire. So we have jobs, but they're not. And I can't even really be mad at them for it because to retire, they can't afford to retire. Exactly. Which is horrible. So there's like, you got that already, like people not retiring and they're not going to leave good jobs, obviously, with great right. pay and great benefits and people love them and they've been there like 30 years plus. Um, they're not going to leave. So you got that happening. And then when that person does decide to retire, if that happens or they move up position, someone is has a position and they move up, um, the company is going to want to hire internally. They give everyone inside the, the business a chance first. Um, th- so it's exclusively open to external. App- it's not exclusively open to external applicants. Mm-hmm. Um, the, hi- the hiring company might look more favorably on a candidate they already know. 
because um, they don't know who you are coming in from the outside. And an external candidate must be able to make a strong first impression in order to be given equal consideration to an internal candidate. So you have to take that into consideration. If you're applying for a company, that's huge. And they have a lot of people working in there. You you have that as a, a problem. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, and it's very true. I, I've known at least a, a couple of, of men that just won't retire. Like I remember my uh, high school um gosh what was it it wasn't a horticulture uh, class but it was something flower like plants related because he even had a little biology no it wasn't biology it was some it was like a one of those elective classes that you just take just to fill in the time but I don't remember what it was called but he even had his little agriculture maybe it was agriculture you guys have agriculture see this is the thing Eric and I had this conversation the other day and he said that name Mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm sorry what he's like yeah, oh, it's yeah. A class. they learn how to plant and like harvest and, and whatnot I'm like what are you what are you talking about here in the city we don't have those classes oh but yeah it makes, it makes sense because if most people are farmers they should learn and I love that I love that the school is actually training people to be in real life here they don't do yeah. that so if you I, don't have a class for like hey if there's somebody that wants to mug you what do you do like we don't have that <laughs> would be nice um and we don't have that no so we have like three different types of like plant classes like biology science Mm -hmm. and in horticulture that's that's it it's like they teach you how to farm out here and like the soil the how to use like how to produce the plants for like food for medicine like ornamental stuff we had that and then just your normal agriculture class and so, this is just regular public high school. This is yeah, not, yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. Just high school. So you have to go to a Votech for that. No, 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 no. Here is just that. But those are those are electives, kind of like art or something like that, like music or band. If you wanted to take them, and I did, I took a couple of them because I just needed to fill up, you know, my senior year. But Can I ask, I have to ask now. Did you have computer classes, like IT classes, computer classes, computer science for electives? Because we have that here a lot, a lot, actually. Oh, God, I don't remember. I'm assuming probably no, <laughs> based off of that, because I feel like they're going to try to cater to what's big. So, like, in yeah. Simmons, you need computer people because it's all, like, white shirts, white-collar people. Right. Right? In businesses, most people are not in the blue-collar industry, which, let me tell you something, if you're a blue-collar person and you have interest in moving here, you can make buck because the people here don't even know how to sometimes screw in a light bulb honestly I'm not even exaggerated I've met him so yeah so that's interesting but carry on so so so, um your your teacher your teacher I think that they I don't remember if they had computer classes I'm sure they do now actually the college does I don't think the high school did Hmm. but just your basic stuff but anyways um I think that stuff has changed since I graduated but my teacher at the time I was in my senior year he had already been teaching for 50 years oh my god and he was supposed to retire my senior year and they did like a whole like monument thing for him at the high school (gasps) for his 50 years of service and he's like I'm not retiring and he didn't and a few years ago I went to the high school because I needed to pick up one of one of my friend's daughter as Mm -hmm. a friend as as a as a as a as a friend no as a as a favor okay <laughs> my brain um as a favor and I asked her I was like uh oh my gosh Burns Mr. Mr. Burns I said is Mr. Burns still here and she's like oh yeah he's an agriculture teacher I was like oh my gosh she's been teaching for like 65 years or 70 years now I don't even know five you're not that old no you but have, have you been out of high school for 15 years 12 um no no really? 10 10 years See, that makes a difference. Stop that. <laughs> but can't. like he's now been teaching for like 60 years. Now we just told the listeners how old I am. Thanks. So like then what? <laughs> Do they push them out? No, no, because he's still like like sane enough to teach. I mean, his class is basically from a book and he just goes through the lesson and kids are just there to be there. And he takes us to the greenhouse and we plan and he talks about it and that's it. He's it's pretty chill he was a little mm-hmm. grumpy but he's a sweet little man i don't know what's he's up a with grumpy him now. sweet little man 
Yeah, I don't um, know where he's at right now. But anyway, so I know that in another gentleman on a on a um, insurance company, I think he's in his 80s and he just won't retire. But you, you know, there I think there's a fine line between not retiring because financially they cannot afford it and not retiring because they want to keep um, a routine. It keeps mm-hmm. them healthy. It keeps them mentally healthy, physically healthy because they're active. So I can mm-hmm. see that it just is frustrating for the others that want an opportunity and then like time keeps happening. It's like, I can't find a job that's decent. It, it's, it is hard out there, especially if even in, in big cities, it's been very difficult. The competition is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then if you do find either you compete, like I have, I know a person that when they wanted this big, like fancy job, and they had to interview three different times. Like, that's so exhausting yeah. for the same company. Like, they'd, like, interview you. Like, okay, we'll move you up to the next level. And then they interview you three three times until mm-hmm. they decide whether they want you or not. That's, like, a week, two weeks of wasted time if they don't want you. And I then know. you have to do it all over again. It's, like, okay. So it, it can be frustrated with the comp- frustrating because of the competition. Or sometimes there's a job that desperately wants you. And then you start. and then it's like, oh my gosh, I regret it. Like, I need to go. Like, I can't be here. Right. It's just square one again. So, yeah. So that's something to consider. Um, most jobs, um, the companies may hire internally. And then there's uh, another reason why. Go ahead. Oh, no. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Many jobs um, are also never publicly posted. Um, so sometimes jobs that are available might not appear on public job boards. Instead, what managers do is they, uh, managers of these positions prefer to fill the position through recruiters or employee recommendations, which I can attest to being a real thing. Yeah. So they'll have like a third party company that they trust because they have their own um, sifting system. So they're going to find people that are, are decent instead of like hiring um, some, like some, like something that's not going to. Right, right. A, a person is just there and you're like, oh, oh no, you're a lemon. Mm-hmm. Like, and I can't fire you now because you're like a human. And, There's not and a real reason to fire. <laughs> yeah. You know, so what they'll do is they'll um, find um, recruiters or in recommendations. So if you have a friend and I can tell you something with corporations who, you know, makes all the difference. I had a, a boss and this to me, like, sometimes was like, it's great and annoying at the same time because she was okay. Per- like, she was nice. I liked her as a person. She was one of my favorite bosses. Um, very chill. She worked at a bar. That's what she did. She worked in a bar mm-hmm. and then she had children and she was like, you know, I can't keep doing this. So she started working for a supermarket and stocking up. And she was so friendly that she was able to, like, friendly herself all the way up to the top and became a boss like a boss where people had to go to school for like a many many years to take her position she just took because of she was being nice and you know what she she kept getting raises constantly and um she now last i heard of her she got promoted something else so she was making a lot of money she was able to get a house because of it on her own salary had her own car because the company paid for her car company paid for a cell phone it was nice, but at the same time, it was kind of frustrating for me and, like, my other colleague that, like, went to college and we did everything right. Right. <laughs> I know. And there's a, there's a and scene. we did the job better than her. <laughs> and because she was friendly, she was just, like, making all this bank and we're like, okay. Society. There's a saying in Colombia, and it says, lo bueno de la rosca es estar en ella. Basically, the good thing about the inner circle, it's being inside of it. Correct. Yep. So you have that. You have that going on. So you have to broaden your methods to finding a job to uncover the positions that are of interest to you. So one way you could do that is you could contact recruiters to find out if jobs are available in your field. Be really friendly. I know you could not work. LinkedIn is like a huge thing um, for people as well, if that's of interest. But um, if you know of like a third party company that can potentially take you on and it's great if they don't take money off of your salary. So like, or, or, or what you're making weekly, monthly, whatever I had um, the last second to last job I had before this one, I did get hired by a third party, a recruiter. I didn't realize they were a recruiter, but they didn't charge me for being in the company. 
Yeah. Like I, I went to work and I, I didn't get deducted. Some companies do that. They deduct a certain percentage from your paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't. I'm sure I was making way less than anyone else working there that was hired from the actual company, but right. the pay was decent and I wasn't getting deducted and it was nice. But like that job was a great opportunity job. And that's what the lady said. This is a great company if you want to climb up in that big corporate company, which is where I had that boss that like knew people and was able to climb up even though she didn't have any experience or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's true. Like if you stay there like a good four years, three years, two years, and you showed extreme interest and you were super friendly with everyone, you could easily climb up that field. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that was something they constantly were saying. So if you guys are willing to do that, that's something to consider. Um, positions are also highly competitive. I know I, I touched base a little bit on that. So a single job posting can see hundreds of applicants if it's a good job, <laughs> right? So you're not the only one looking 7,000 other people are going to be doing that. I would apply to jobs sometimes and I would see they would have 500 applicants that sent in submissions by New York. Like that's insane. Um, so also depending, so it, it doesn't matter really if it's seven people or 500 people, if you want that job, you, <laughs> it can be um, discouraging, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So for an applicant to be successful, it must be able to draw the employer's attention Having a large number of applications can limit how much time an employer can devote to reading over application materials. So a way to resolve that issue is submitting a distinct, strong resume to um, to grab the employer's interest. I had a cousin that worked for the fashion industry in New York, and when she became freelance, she made her business uh, proposal, her resume, a different color. So mm-hmm. she had a black resume that she handed in with white wording so that already attracted people's attention because it was different so it's something to consider yeah or just like this the qualifications or like how you make the resume it can say a lot Uh, a lot of companies do like a clean resume so if it's something that you can get done I say recommend it like I recommend you getting that done Mm -hmm. yeah very true those are very good tips so there's um there's uh, ways that you can stand out, kind of like Mela was saying. There's just ways you can do that. So we're going to give you a few tips from this website. And as usual, it's going to be posted down below. So you can go ahead and, and take a, a look at it. And hopefully those tips will help you find the best job that suits you or that you want that you are looking for. So how to improve your chances of finding a job. First, we got to understand like the the you know the obstacles that that we face in the job market that it will be the first step to overcoming them so to improve your odds for success the first one is to keep your resume updated and tailored to the position so making sure it's very well organized readable like Mela just said you know hey maybe changing the color of the paper and the font that could be something that that could attract people's um, attention so make sure you customize your application to that you send, you know, to match the desired skills listed on the job job post, posting. Sorry. So if the job posting is something like we were just talking about, um, agri- agriculture related, they need somebody with experience about planting trees or whatever or landscaping. In your main skills, you put computer and IT. They're not gonna. chances are they're not going to call you so you might still have the desired skills they want but make sure that they are like on the very top because you want to make sure that you get through to them so it's very important to to make sure you do that and uh, the reason to do that um, the website mentions is because many employers use applicant tracking system technology which scans your resume and researches for keywords to match the job. I'm sorry, for keywords to match with the job posting. Again, so you want to have the exact words um, and skills for it. Otherwise, it's just going to scan right past you. So one of the other things um, that it's mentioning, of course, we just touched a little bit on it. Change the skills section in your resume to reflect keywords from the job posting. So you can do that if you look at the job posting and it has like specific skills or characteristics, then make sure you include those in your resume, like the exact wording, because those could help out also on the cover letter too. 
and make sure your resume layout it's simple and readable yes can I throw something mm -hmm. I can have personal experience where that really is a thing uh -huh. so I was applying for a bunch of secretarial jobs because I, I worked in the schools like everyone knows I say this every day <laughs> but um I got tired of working in the schools because of the adults nothing to do with the kids I was not burned out because of the kids I get asked that that is nothing to do with that I loved working yeah. with the children I miss them to this day <laughs> the grown-ups drove me bananas but that's a story for another day um yes. literally when I had like very little experience in secretarial position, I took one once um, in the past. So this is the thing you also have to be like open to opportunities that are might not seem like it's worth it. So I had a friend that worked for a truck company and um, it was about 45 minutes from my house. The pay was, ugh, it was decent. It was like, it was honestly, it felt more that I was putting that money into my gas tank than anything because it was a far drive, but I did have six months uh, experience with secretarial's work in that job before I left. So that helped a lot. Um, and people would ask, like, because I, I, the next job I got after that, they're like, well, why do you want to be here? You only have six months experience. I'm like, I know, but I work really hard. So I was able to, at least I had that when I applied for another position. Um, that and I ended up getting that job too but it was more on personal recommendation but that's for another thing um when I was taking the job look seriously and I did have the secretarial skills for only six months at that point um and I was much old I was older I I was working more in the school field than anything um what I did was I decided to google templates of resumes in the field that I was interested in secretary templates secretary resume templates uh-huh so what I was doing, I was doing that. I looked at the pictures. I didn't actually look at the Google everything. It was the pictures. And I was able to see what people were putting in. And if I didn't know what a word it was, I literally would just Google, what is this? And I would see if I actually had that experience because that's what the ATS system is looking for. It's looking for those specific words that the boss purposely put there because they don't want to read 500 resumes. They'd rather read 30. Right. So look up what people are putting out, what's up to date, and put 2022 or whatever year it is when you're listening to this, if you're looking for a job mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and like, look it up and then add them to your resume because it's gonna, the system will pick you. And I've had that happen. I received way more interviews that way. It made all the difference for me. Um, and I did have the experience and sometimes you're like, but I only did this for like three months. It doesn't matter. You have experience. Yes. I only did this for like casually for fun it doesn't matter you still have experience like throw it in there it doesn't matter it's fine I guarantee you're probably way more experienced than the next person that says they have it because that's just how it is people aren't always honest and you have the experience that, and they probably have two days experience which yeah. even then put it in there <laughs> you did it you know what I mean yes. so um I just felt like I really wanted to mention that 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 is a thing yeah so. no that's that's good thanks for sharing your experience I think that that you know, helps people understand that this legit happens more mm -hmm. often than we probably knew. So mm -hmm. it's good to be aware of these things. And actually, before we continue, when you were talking about remembering, I just remember for those of you that have been listening, like constantly to all of our episodes, you guys will remember that we talked about um, taking our mom's rock climbing as a, oh, yeah. <laughs> as a, as an activity, like as a bonding activity. And we were going to ask our moms if they would go rock climbing. And then if you guys remember, I said that I, I was pretty sure that my mom would do it. Well, I asked her and she says, yes. <laughs> She said, yes, when are we going? So, See, I know your mom better. <laughs> I No, I knew my mom would say yes. I knew that. Oh, okay, I thought you didn't think. My mom said no. Yeah. She's we like, we that. could go for a nice walk instead. <laughs> I appreciate that she gave me another option. She just oh. didn't leave me hanging. So now I'm going to have to take my mom rock climbing one of these days, and then we will let you guys know how that goes. <laughs> you know what? It's tax deductible, by the way. Really? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that. Podcast. Oh, girl. Anyways, <laughs> we're not going to talk business. business. Stuff. Well, that's what we're talking about jobs. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to get into that right now. Anyway, so back to the um, <laughs> resume. going to be tax deductible. I don't know what I'm you were talking about. I'm just showing up only on Thursdays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> back to the resume info. Um, the last little point on this, this point 
was to keep your resume wording concise. You want to make sure your resume has relevant information and make sure you keep the content simple and straightforward because this improves the employer's ability to understand what skills you have. The simpler, the better. Like Mela just said, they don't want to sit through and read a bunch of resumes. You just put the key skills on top and then you can talk about the rest of your skills you have during the actual interview. Keep it to a page, page and a half max. Don't make it longer than that. Yes. They will not read it. They won't. They don't want to read it. It's a book. They're like, nope. Next. Too long. Yep. Oh, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, just, I didn't understand. Um, then another. Wait, no, it's your turn still, girl. Number two. Do you want, yes, me, to, do you want me to say number you. two? Uh, I go all the way. Oh. I mean, if you want me to, I can. You want me to? It doesn't matter. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. You um, expand and use the connections you actually have. So remember how I talked about my old boss? Yeah, do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, who you know can be a determining factor of finding great opportunities, especially those that are not visible on the public job board. Um, this is very true because they're going to be like, hey, and I know this because the second to last job I had, they did this. They asked us, do you have any friends that need jobs? Mm -hmm. And I had this girl that she kept hiring her friends. I mean, it was weird because then she was working with all her friends and yeah, but <laughs> good for her. Not so good for everyone else to a degree, but right. um, yeah, that's something that, that happens. Um, social media is also a great tool when it comes to connections at Facebook, Instagram, there's companies that hire, they post it out there because as much as you're looking for the right boss, the boss is looking for the right employee as well. They do take it seriously. Um, employers for the most part, they don't want you to go away. They're investing time, money, and energy in you and training you for you to stick around. So they, they do usually take it seriously. Um, Another way to expand your connections is uh, um, going to job fairs or networking events. Um, look into that. I, I personally haven't found job fairs to be super helpful for me. Um, for the company I currently work at, they've done job fairs and they say it's not useful for them. I don't know if it's just a, an East Coast thing or not. Some of them make you pay. I don't go to those. I'm like, no, I'm not paying to get I, a job. That's I, why I have no job. That's why I'm going here. Like, why would you make me pay for it? Right. I think that we do have job fairs here, but like at the college. And that's usually like uh, when graduation approaches for the college students, they'll have like job fairs so they can find like a good job right after graduation. I think that's yeah. what they have. Yeah. yeah, I went to one for my, um, that's the only one I went to because all the other ones here, you had to pay and I'm not doing that. No. And it was just such a total waste of my time. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> but um, some, it, you know, can be of benefit. If it's free, I say, why not go check it out? Yes. Um, so if you, expanding your network will only help you in your job search. So in order to achieve this, um, you have to consider taking these three steps. So the first one is you have to ask friends and family if they know about any hiring opportunities. It's something, because people talk, they'll know something having a person who connects you with a potential opportunity can improve your odds and a mutual connection between you and an employer can help make you stand out more during the hiring process because you came in recommended number two attend job fairs and similar events that interest you you can look at online um, some events host a broad array of employers from multiple industries, and some are only specific to a single industry so you have to look into that and attending those events can lead you to make a connection personally I haven't had that happen but I'm not saying it doesn't work I mean they keep doing it for a reason mm -hmm. and then third connect with an established person in an industry and ask them meaningful questions so if you're looking for a job in a specific industry you can search for successful people within that field people that you know that do well in that field um can if it's someone like LinkedIn for example you want to connect to someone I heard that LinkedIn is a new Facebook <laughs> So if you find a professional in that field, reach out to them, introduce yourself, ask a genuine, thoughtful question, because most people rarely receive correspondence like this. Um, it gives you an opportunity to make a strong memorable impression because a lot of people are probably not saying things like that. Not asking the right questions. Yeah. Correct. I think that's a, that's a really good point because you could either get really good responses that would help you like achieve the job you want to, you know, get the job you want to have 
mm-hmm. or or if you for for any reason you don't end up finding a job quite yet you have already made a connection with this person you can always reach back out and be like hey do you got anything around whatever you know mm-hmm. it's always mm-hmm. good to make make a um associate you just never know who might open the one door that's gonna help you um have the job that that you're looking for and bosses want people that take the job seriously mm-hmm. so if they're passionate about it and you show interest and you ask them something that can help you succeed in that industry they're probably going to think oh maybe this person isn't a bad option to get hired Mm -hmm. that's right very good so the next one it's to follow up with potential employers so if you do happen to make contact with an an employer and, and they do interview you so it's a good idea to follow up about your next steps because you have already made an impression if you have um, had any contact with them or have an interview and you want to remain memorable in the next phase of the hiring process so you want to connect with them you want to talk with them and follow up that shows that you care that shows that you're interested and that that just uh, that makes an impression on them um it also increases your chance for success and sometimes maybe you are the one candidate they're looking for well maybe you fell through the cracks and you following up with them can be like, oh my gosh, yes, that, that is that was the one girl, that was the one guy, and and they could follow up, and that could just mean everything with your career. Yeah, and managers are people; they're not like this thing that they're like untouchable. Don't put them in a pedestal. So it can be intimidating, but it's often an ex- expected and okay part of the application process they're not going to be like oh who are you like why are you reaching out (laughs) you know they're also people so and do you really want to work for a company that you're not allowed to ask any questions to also that's something to consider exactly so the next three little tips to help you um follow up with potential employers um the first one is to follow up one to two weeks after applying to introduce yourself personally because uh, you know the initial the initial application process can take time before employers move on to the next step. So if you haven't heard back, then you know like one or two weeks after you apply, that you can just reach out to like the boss, the hiring manager, HR, whoever, introduce yourself, and that just that might prompt them to look at your resume and be like, well, this person is really interested. They're really following up. And they want to know what's happening. So you will prompt them to check your resume out and follow up. Um, I did it after three days. If it's a very small business, like mom and pop in three days, I would just reach out to them because if they're hiring, they need someone immediately. If it's a Mm -hmm. big, bigger corporate or something like that, bigger to one to two weeks, I would stick more on the one week. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I was, I was going to say, I think the one to two weeks is it's a big, it's a big window. I would follow up in a few days. Like I think like five, four, I mean, four or five. Yeah. Three to five days personally. We're not trying to come off desperate, but I don't think they'd be mad. I haven't had anyone be mad at that. Yeah. Three to five business days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, send a thank you email after every interview, because when you talk directly with an employer during the hiring process can make you also more memorable. And so mm-hmm. sending a thank you email the same day after an interview, you know, it's a very uh, professional gesture that shows the appreciation and that you tr- truly are interested and you want to proceed with the opportunity. I cannot want tell to you know. how well that works. I've gotten jobs just from that. I've, I've had someone else that sent them a thank you. They got a job because of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's just very important to show that person, the personal touch. And, and even if you do get like the interview and you don't think it's going to be a good fit, don't wait for them to reach out. If you don't think, just be honest with them right away. I think that would help them also just move on with the process a lot faster too. They're nice. I don't waste my time. <laughs> if I'm not interested, I just like, I don't. Yeah. Well, then I, I don't really apply, but. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've just said it. If, if you go. Interview, like if you go and you realize it's not the fit, tell them in the moment. Don't. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Make sure don't you wait just... three days later and be like, no, thanks, no. but no thanks. Oh, don't wait three days. Yeah. Make sure you tell them. Be open mm-hmm. with them too. And the last one on this point is to be mindful of an employer's timeline when you follow up. So 
you can ask them when you get interviewed, when you can expect to hear back about the next steps, because uh, sometimes they don't reach out within the timeline you expected because they have different timelines. Again, like Melanie just said, if it's a mom and pop small company, they want to hire within the week. If it's a large multi-billion business company, they might literally take like a month to hire. So you have, you want to be mindful of that. So if that's the case, just it's good to wait like two or three business days before you send a follow-up email asking about the process, but make sure to follow up if you're really interested on the job. And with that said, I feel that it's a great segue to tea time. You want to do tea time? Let's do tea time. Tea time. So tea time is when we answer one question that has been submitted to us by one of our listeners. And today's question was sent to us by Anonymous. Thank you very much for the support. Thank you. Thank you. So, (laughs) So their question is, it's taking me two years to find a job. Any tips? Well, first of all, we're really sorry that it's been taking so long to find the perfect one. We hope you find one ASAP. We hope that our tips can help you a little bit. Um, So what are the things that you can do? Um, I found an article, everything you need to know to get a new job in just five minutes, which is amazing. We'll leave a link down below. Um, These websites are found, our job recruiting websites. So it's not like... You know, we're going every these 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 websites want you to use them and be successful. Exactly. Um, yeah. So number one, avoid and I can't tell you the seriousness of this, honestly. Avoid typos in your resume and cover letter. For the love of God, just double check it. If you're not great with the spelling or the grammar or whatever, ask someone that is decent. Send it to someone. Yes. Please. The easiest way to turn a recruiter off is by doing that, giving a resume with a typo or spelling mistake. Um, spell check is also a thing, you know, just saying mm-hmm. number two, follow up with every application. Don't just send the resume and hope for the best. Just follow up. We've talked about that before. Follow up a week later, three days later, something of that nature. This way you won't forget about the job and the recruiter won't forget about you. A great way to do that is sending an email. Thank you so much for the opportunity of interviewing with me. I appreciated your time. It was mm-hmm. great knowing you, something of that nature. Look up Google. Thank you letters for job recruiters after an interview or something. Yes. You'll find stuff. There's plenty of stuff out there. Yes. Number three, research the company. For goodness sake, research the company you're applying for. Because the the more you know, the better it'll look. They'll ask you. I don't know if you looked up what we do. It's a test question. So do that before your meeting. It takes five minutes. Check out their company's about us page or look up, you know, what it says on Google look at their company profiles, just read up on it. It, it. Do your homework. It makes you look really good. It's. I think that's a very important one because sometimes people are just applying to anything they find without knowing what the job really entails. And that's why they ask you, do you know what, even what we do? And if you don't, that immediately like disqualifies you. Yeah, it's like, why are you here? Why, why are you here? here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why are you here? <laughs> I can't do a good of a night. Why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> walk the dog walking why you here go walk your dog go get some coffee leave me alone what you doing (laughs) oh that's just so awesome (sighs) number four work on and nail it not just work on it nail it your elevator pitch what is that what is an elevator pitch it's that 30 second thing that you do on who you are what you can do and what you're looking for it's like like your biography like on social media when they said about like bio this is what it is in person it's an elevator pitch um why is it called an elevator pitch because that's how people used to make sales in elevators back in the day you had like 30 seconds so they'd work on it in the elevator they would you've seen it in the movies like you see a a person jump in the elevator please let me have five seconds of your time and they go that's where the term elevator pitch came from so that's basically what you're doing you are going to yeah <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah, you're gonna talk yourself up for those 30 seconds, make yourself sound unbelievable it's and true. extraordinary, and that they need you, and the it's, company is nothing without you. So that makes sense because, like, like New York, right? They don't have time to waste. No, like the New York minute, right? You don't it's have time thing. to waste, and they want to know who you are and if you're gonna be a good fit. And you're like, 
Um, well, I um I do um they're not they're gonna be like nah goodbye. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to know who you are. You gotta work on and nail your elevator pitch. Have this memorized so you can better market yourself to potential employers and professional mm -hmm. contacts. Yes, that's that's very true. Yeah. So the go yeah, ahead. Please do. <laughs> then the, the fifth one send a thank you note we've mentioned this we're like constantly mm -hmm. bringing it up it's a thing a lot of people don't do it just do it you know uh, there are three things your thank you note must include number one thank the person for meeting with you number two reiterate your interest in the position and why you think you'll be great fit so bring up why you are interested mm -hmm. and finally mention something you talked about in the interview mm -hmm. yeah that one thing that made you stand out Mm -hmm. They should be sent immediately, typically within the 24 hours. I like to do it right after I get off the interview so I don't feel lazy about it afterwards and I don't forget. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I think that's a good idea because if you had a, if they had multiple inter, uh, interviewees during the day, let's say yours was at 1, 1 to 1.30, and by 1.35 they receive your email, they'll be able to be like, oh, yeah, it was the girl we had from 1 to 1.30. Mm -hmm. That's a really good. I've gotten really jobs good. like that. I yeah. had someone say they only hired me because of my personality. I sent them that. I hadn't yeah. done that with any other recruiter. With them, I wanted in. It was a very big company. When it was the one where the they all know each other and they go up because they know each other. I sent them that. And because of that, I got the job. She told yeah. me. There you it's go. It's a thing. Yeah. So y'all do that. Good. Y'all do it. So <laughs> number six is to give the recruiter a little nudge. So if you feel like you've been ghosted by the recruiter, you should just follow up. Um, this website says to give them about 10 days after the interview if you still haven't heard back. So just checking my email and just being honest and letting them know, hey, I just wanted to see if there's a status update on the position or, you know, on, on my application, something like that. So just reference the job since the recruiter might be juggling multiple openings. So make sure you, you do that. Number seven is to determine your desired salary. So when you're filling out applications, sometimes they're going to ask you what your desired salary is. And this is where most people just draw a blank. So if, if uh, like not if, because we have already talked about those tracking uh, systems, they automatically reject candidates whose salary requirements are higher than the set dollar amount. And so you don't want to price yourself out of the running even or, or you could enter like the lowest number possible. So they uh, recommend putting like zero to $1. So you have a chance to get a foot in the door. So that was very I, interesting. I, you know, I have to say, I don't really agree with that one. Neither do all. I. That's, that's like, weird. that's if you just want to go in a company, you just want to work for a company. I've gotten to a point in my life where it's like, nah, Either it's this amount or I don't want to deal with you at all. Yes. I, I can see you. It can work in a certain way, though. If you put $1 or $0, they'll hire you. They love you. And then you say, well, I want to get paid this much. Mm -hmm. Oh, but it's a little bit more than what we thought. And then it could open a, a, a way to negotiate. So mm -hmm. you get paid higher than what they originally were thinking, but you're still worth it. Mm -hmm. Or two, um, they'll love you so much. They'll give you what you want anyway. Mm -hmm. It does happen. With the current job I have, I wanted more than they thought. And I told them, well, this is how much I'm asking. Times are hard. It's just so expensive, you know, and I'm only working these days and these hours. So this is how much I want. And you know what? They they loved me and they, they did it, uh -huh. you know. So it don't be afraid to, like, stick to your number because you're, it's, you're not there for your health. You're not going to work for your health. You're going to make money. Everyone knows this. So, you know. It depends. If, are you looking for an opportunity just to get your foot in the door where they might say, no, sorry, or are you looking to actually just get paid that amount? When I look at a uh, job search engines, um, I filter it to the amount I want to get paid already. So that al already weeds out people that are cheap and not going to pay me, you know? Exactly. And, and I think that that's very true. So that's actually number eight. So we'll talk a little bit more about this. It says to take charge of salary questions. And of course, that could be kind of impossible, and kind of like more unnerving than than anything else about the interviews, talking about money and the salary. But you don't want to set the bar too low based on your current pay, but you absolutely don't want to go like too, too high to where they're just, they'll, they'll take you out of the running for the position altogether. So if you're asked about your current salary or 
uh, you don't want to talk about it, you can also dodge the question by getting the upper hand and instead turning the question around and asking what the range is for the position. Then you can say the salary you're looking for. I, I think that, that that I think that could work either way. Like you were saying, I, I am a firm believer also in saying, well, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. And also, I usually like to aim a little bit higher because yeah. they can say, well, you know, this is actually what we were looking for. And that, like you said, that opens up a negotiation. And usually you can kind of find a good in between where it's the right amount that you actually knew you could earn. But it's mm -hmm. always good to just aim a little bit higher just in case there's a good chance that you can get it. But yeah, don't you, be ridiculous. Don't like make $10 an hour, know you're worth 11, 12, and ask for 40. Right. Like, don't do that. But you can ask if you're making 10, but you feel like you're worth 12, ask for 15. Yes. And take it from there. Exactly. I think that's that's really good. And if you're kind of feeling comfortable about it, you, you can just ask, like you said, turning the question around in it and ask, what's the range for the position? And then you just pick a good number that you're comfortable with and stick with it. Take charge. They also like people that are sure of themselves, that, mm -hmm. that know what they want. So number nine, it's negotiate a higher salary. So if you don't negotiate a salary, when you get a job offer, you might be leaving money on the table. So if you don't ask, the answer will always be no. I like that saying. So you can always just try to put some extra, uh, like if you can put some extra cash in your pocket, like do it. So when they get give you an offer, you can like very happily and appreciative say, that's a great, I'm honored. And then just negotiate by saying, I was actually hoping for a higher salary. Would that be a possibility? Just when you leave that open ended, the recruiter will most likely come back with a higher offer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we hope that helps Anonymous. We hope you find that job you need and want and like. Hopefully these tips will give you a little, a little boost in the right direction. Very good. So that wraps up the tea time portion for today. If you would like to have one of our questions featured on one of our upcoming episodes, please go on our website and fill out the portion under Tea Time. DM us on social media. Send us a message under Tea Time on Spotify. So we also found an article we feel really can because sometimes, okay, <laughs> I, my brain's running too fast. Um, we found an article that talks about how do you know that you're stuck in a dead-end job and what to do about it if you are, because sometimes we just want to change. It's not necessarily that we don't have a job. It's just that we're, we feel stuck. It's like, is it is it me? Am I bored? Is it the job? Like, what's happening? Because if it's something decent, you're. It, it's like, okay, what is happening? So we found this article that talks about how to know if you're in a dead-end job and what to do. So we're going to quickly run by the how to pinpoint and then we'll come up with a solution where we'll discuss that a little bit more in detail. So 20s tell, tell, talk, that. <laughs> Say that three times real no, fast. No, 20 telltale signs that you're stuck in a dead-end job. Um, okay. Your work offers no change in routine. It's very mechanical. Your skills are not being tapped. So like if you have something um, that's awesome that you could contribute and they don't care about it, that's something. They're not interested in your career goals at all. Yeah. The, I really like that when you're the one about if your skills are not being tapped. I had a job where um, I have a, a certification and I asked them, okay, well, I'm bilingual and I have this one certification that I could be using this medical office for this certain stuff. And the girl was like, oh, yeah, you know, eventually, like after the first six months, we can like uh, reassess and maybe do like a, like a, uh, like increase your salary. What is it called? Mm -hmm. Whatever. A raise, called. Pay raise. And it was, it was just very sketchy and they never did. And I ended up leaving because they yeah. were doing like fraud. But anyways. When they go about in circles, that's mm -hmm. not good. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. Uh, no routine and change, no change in routine. It's mechanical. Your skills are not being tapped. They're not using all that you are. Um, they're not interested in your career goals. If they don't do quarterly reviews, yearly reviews, that's something. 
Um, they don't support your career plan. So you are asked about your goals and plans, but the boss doesn't pay attention to them and doesn't support you in reaching them. That's something um, you're subject to unfair treatment. So you notice your colleagues are getting opportunities, but you're not. Um, I also find that um, it's good to ask why. Because some, like I, I know people that their colleagues are getting opportunities and they're not. And they're like, I'm going to leave. I'm so angry. But like the person complaining is like super lazy and they're not putting in just that two cents more or two, like just a little more where they could be going up. So you need to ask, ask your bosses why um, you're not being challenged. So you're like super bored in general. Your thoughts and contributions are not valued at all you can't get time with the boss to move projects forward. So like you're doing a project, it feels like it's lost. Essentially, you're being ignored out of a job. Emails going unanswered. Um, if you catch your boss in the bathroom, that's awesome, that kind of thing. No change in pay, title, or tasks. So if you've been doing the same work for more than one or two years without a promotion, increase in pay or increase in responsibility, that's something. Yep, that's very true. Uh, the next one is that you, you get that Monday morning feeling nearly every day. So if you used to enjoy the job and you don't anymore, that, that is a, a big sign. Um, attempts to change or improve your job are not welcome. You know, you've tried to reinvent yourself at the company or modify your job description and they just don't. Um, they don't uh, kind of like not, not improve. They don't encourage that stuff. That's a sign mm -hmm. too. Your values at the and the firm's values are not aligned. If you're just crushing with their values, that's another sign. You're not an asset to your team or your department. If you don't feel like you're important to your team, that's just sad. That's just mm -hmm. a sign you're stuck. Um, they hire outside talent. They're not moving from within, you know. You see favoritism or bias in management practices. Like if you're not on their good side, then you're going to be stuck doing what you're doing forever. Um, your employer is sinking. So like if uh, you research and discover that your company is not doing too well, their profits are not moving or they're actually going down or the industry is just not growing, then you might want to reconsider. Um, yeah, many layoffs to something. Mm -hmm. If there's not projects coming, I left the job because of that. They weren't getting jobs in, too many layoffs, too many people in and out. They weren't growing. I honestly feel in like six to eight months, they're going to like close out personally. Um, I found out, yeah, like five other businesses he failed. So that's something to consider. Your employer exactly. thinking it's serious. Yeah. Um, the next one is you're too comfortable. If you are too, there's a sense of too much comfort. Uh, the next one is that you're not being compensated fairly. Like now, you know. Uh, if you're made to feel unfortunate to receive a paycheck or that you're being overpaid, those are red flags. You mm -hmm. always should be getting paid, paid more, like having raises for your job, for your work. Yeah. The one company I, I think is going to fail in a few months, he literally looked at me and was like, why am I paying you? Like, why is your time valuable to me? I'm like, uh, I'm literally wearing 7,000 hats and keeping you from going to jail, no. but okay. <laughs> Jerk. Like, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Then next one is a machine, a machine can do your job. If your role is becoming obsolete, then you know. And the last one, there's no praise in sight. No matter what you do, you just can't seem to please them. Like if you move mountains for the company and the silence that follow is deafening, you know that you're probably stuck at a job. So what can you do? How can you fix that? Okay. So we're going to discuss eight tips. Number one, you have to speak up. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. This is the money that feeds you, your family, that clothes you, that gives you shelter. You have to speak up. Mm -hmm. If you haven't spoken up, now is a good time. Some employees avoid all challenging communications with their supervisors. Um, and that's not good because you, you can't move up. Um, you know how much effort is worth putting forth what will be your return in the investment? Are you fighting something behind your control, um, be it the outside influences or the mismatch between your skills and the current need of the company? You need to see what's happening. Um, it's the company's responsibility to live up to its promises, assuming your performance is good. You need to talk. You need to see what's happening. Um, what you can do is um, just, just like speak to your boss. Be like, this is what's going on. I want to move up. 
what what is happening how can i do that it's you have to speak up that's right the uh, next one is to create a personal document to examine what can be done if anything to improve your current situation so i do i i like that one because sometimes we just can't get out of our heads or we can't quite figure out what's wrong but if we create like a document and we examine what's going on why we feel stuck kind of looking through these articles and be like, yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. And just figuring that out, I think you'll be good to, to have that written down. Mm -hmm. Identify a compelling future for yourself and use this as a motivator to take action. So we, you always want to move to be better. Like you, if you, let's say you're in debt, the pay isn't enough, you're struggling paycheck to paycheck, you know, remember you're applying for another job, a better job. So you don't have to deal with that stress every day. So you can feed your family. If you want to go out to that nice dinner, you can. If you want to go to a vacation, everyone deserves a vacation, in my opinion. We're not saying Bora Bora, you know, just like something simple like camping. Maybe you don't have enough gas money to go camping somewhere nice. Mm -hmm. um, or if you're in my area, that fee, the camping fee. Yeah, here camping's not free, guys. <laughs> Nothing's free. Um, you know, use those things as um, a motivator for you to like finally do something. Very true. Um, next one is to continue doing your job well. Like if you decided to look for a new job, just keep doing your best work in your current position because you don't want to burn bridges, especially if you'll need good references. And that is absolutely true because most of the time they're going to contact your previous employer and they're going to ask what happened or, or what was the reason or how you were. And they'll be like, yeah, the last two weeks, she was the worst person we've ever met. You don't want that to happen. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure they give a good um, reference and, and leave a good impression. Mm -hmm. Identify your strengths and weaknesses. So identify things about your current job that would be useful to take forward to your next and write down your successes. So um, there's always, you can always learn, have a learning situation, a learning moment in everything you do. And then you can figure out how you could improve with certain things you're not doing so on that job before you search for a new opportunity. And a job that usually cares, that's something they'll ask, give me your weakness and give me your strength. They will ask that. You want to make sure you answer honestly, but well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Very well said. Um, gain experience outside the office. Like if your dead-end job doesn't allow you to, to hone in on your skills, make sure you take a class to advance to develop uh, new skills that are going to benefit you in the future or like volunteer if you have the time during your downtime to develop like leadership skills and stuff so i think that's that would help you out in the future it does help one. if you know someone that you can like you know shadow them a little bit i say do it it doesn't mean you have to dedicate a year shadow a couple days mm -hmm. learn the new skill if you can't afford it maybe going you know, taking a few classes, um, if it's like a skill, a trade skill or something, like hairdressers are constantly, you need to be on top of the fashion. They need exactly. to take classes every, yeah. after every couple of years. Mm -hmm. So it's something definitely worth looking and investing. It's for a better opportunity, a job. If there are classes that are free, if it's a there free, some, yeah. do it. There's some that are free that you just need the time for. Mm -hmm. Definitely do. Mm hmm examine the risks that are associated with leaving your dead-end job so make sure it's the absolute right decision before you make any big moves yeah especially if you have a family that you're taking care of don't just go quitting willy-nilly just stick around for a little bit and, and examine the risk that that are coming mm -hmm. the um last one is do your homework so that you choose well in your next job you know you wouldn't want to end up in another dead-end job position so one way to fix that during job interviews, you can ask the employer about career development and advancement opportunities. So you want to just ask those things right off the bat so you're not stuck for another who knows how many years and you feel stuck and not appreciated. And I want to end with what Kari says. It's really nice. Um, getting unstuck from a dead-end job is not about having a positive attitude, but about positive action. Don't stay. There is no room for growth. Make new doors and explore new territories. Where there is no upward growth, go for the lateral moves. Don't wait for an acknowledgement. Tell them and show them that you are that you deserve better. It's all about awareness, initiative, and positive action. Mm -hmm. 
that is it for our podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. We sincerely hope you liked it. We would love to know what you thought about our episode. So feel free to please leave a comment. Feel free to let us know that. Well, <laughs> feel free to let us know what topics you would like for us to discuss in the future. Please subscribe, give us a like, a follow, and or a five-star rating. Please, that's going to help us out a lot. If you would like to hear more episodes like this one, follow us on every social media platform at Chari Amigas. Thank you so much for listening, Cheekies. We will be back every Tuesday with the tea. Bye! Bye.